back to another episode of the Christian Enough podcast. My name is Ayatollah Fumi Monei, and I am so excited to get it on with you guys today. So I did say that I will be going into a part two of the fathers and daughters episode. And with me today is someone I went to college with. Her name is Stacy. Actually, it's Michelle Stacy Cabenda. Yeah, but she goes by, I don't even know what she goes by, honestly. She goes by all of it. Hi, Stacy. How's it going? I am well, and you are definitely correct. I go by all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, we've always done the back and forth. What, what's your name? Her name is Michelle Stacy, and then she goes by Stacy, or she goes, yeah, no, it's fine. That's cool. I'm very excited to have you on today. You are currently in. Bible college, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, so I'm getting my Master's of Divinity at the University of Dubuque Theological Seminary. So just completed my first semester, which is really Oh, great. congratulations. So dang. So how much of the Bible have you been studying or have you studied so far <laughs> during your time? <laughs> hey, if, if I have to research about the Apostle Paul, like if I see that name, I'm actually going to cry. Like I will <laughs> just lay there and fall asleep. And we read the Bible over and over and over. And over. But it's, it's through different lens. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. just reading it as a Christian wanting to connect with God. Now it's yeah. because of academia and looking at cultural contexts and all of that. So how are you able to do the two then? Like, how do you combine the two when you're like, oh, okay, academia and then connecting with God? How are you? Especially it's academia connecting with God. People also read it for history. So how are you able to do all three? I think my relationship with God is very free. So I know when I'm just reading it through wanting a personal connection with God. In academia, there are set guidelines. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're going in there for. Um, The professor, the lectures that you watched, it's very much so academia. Like you can't escape it. Yeah especially in relating with God, right? And we, a lot of the time, Jesus, not a lot of the time, but Jesus encouraged us to look at God as our father, right? With your time in seminary school, how are you able to consistently look at God as the father that he is to you or that he is to all of us? Well, in seminary school, it's just the same as when I was getting my bachelor's in undergrad. Like, I'm still like, God, you better help me. <laughs> I didn't study for this. <laughs> or this paper. <laughs> like, it's still the same exact connection. It, mm-hmm. it hasn't changed, except I'm reading the New Testament over and over and over again and analyzing a specific word, which was one of my courses. The other class was teaching us on how to lead worship services mm-hmm. and baptize babies. <laughs> so it's just like... That's interesting. Um, so it was a nice balance. One was purely reading scripture over and over again and the other one was more like an experience leading service and it's just okay. calling on god like god yeah one day i'm gonna hold a baby uh- <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of kick us off into today's episode you know around that conversation of the father god i want to ask what's your relationship like with your biological father what's it like my daddy oh I really really loved my dad and you know we've had some problems in the past but my dad has shown me so much like what humility looks like like what I see in my father are traits that I would even want in mm-hmm. a husband I've seen humility in him like it wasn't always a perfect relationship like I stated like our family went through some chaotic times and just seeing him be humble enough to change 
so mm-hmm. that his children or his wife isn't hurt. It's so, and I want to, when we begin talking about Lot, I want to talk about how Lot did not protect his daughter. <laughs> to be like, hey. I mean, you can, you can probably go into a little bit of that right now, honestly, because I have a fairly interesting relationship with, um, with fathers in my life. So, um, so, and I'll get into all of that much <laughs> later, probably not even today, honestly, but I think that your relationship with your dad is how most girls are hoping that their relationship with their dad is right mm-hmm. and that we have the story of lot where i mean what i mean what are your what are your general ideas of that whole relationship when you look at it from top to bottom in the entire like chapter 19 20 of you see the destruction of sodom and gomorrah then you see the treatment of lot towards his girls and then the treatment of the girls towards their father at the end of the story. What are your ideas, thoughts, takeaways, all of that? Shabbat. Are you talking about my thoughts in terms of his relationship with his daughters or the story in general? You can do any. Let's go. So first and foremost, I want to say that when I, the first thing that I saw as I'm reading chapter 18, chapter 20, Lot and his daughters, I saw how much wisdom is in the these two chapters like Mm. the thing that i love about the bible is like from the first page to the last page it is infused with Mm -hmm. so much wisdom like wisdom is something that is encouraged of us christians that's why we have the wisdom literatures Mm. such as the book of proverbs okay so how do you think it's in in, in infused with wisdom though because most people reading that like i mean i said in the first in the other podcast right that i've had someone read these chapters and say because Lot acted like this and because this is in the Bible, this is a way all of us men are supposed to act, mm. which is why some people can look at the Bible and say it's extremely misogynistic because of the treatment of women in that time or during that period. And I mean, do you think the Bible is misogynistic? I think depending on what lens you're looking at it. For example, I'll talk about household codes. Household codes are just moral codes that a home is held to and um they're pretty evident throughout scripture old testament new testament and in the book of ephesians it talks about husbands love your wives as christ loved the church right Mm -hmm. and does christ harm us that i don't think god um intended for it to be misogynistic but it's separating god's intent from the people if that mm-hmm, makes sense mm-hmm. these are experiences just because stacy did something does not make it wise okay mm-hmm. don't do what i did <laughs> just because yeah. it's like the book of stacy it doesn't make it this is what you should do like you get yeah. the wisdom from that and yeah. then move in a way that is wise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no that makes a lot of sense i think that most people don't think like that they're like yeah we see that this is what's happening we should do it too however they i mean it's funny that we pick and choose what we should and shouldn't do from the bible right i feel like everybody does that i mean geez i hope i don't do that but i possibly do that too as well honestly so i'm I'm, i mean i'm looking at at the the at this story and i'm just like how how did lot get it so right in certain areas and so wrong in certain areas we look at how how he recognized the angels when they came into the city and he invited them into his home. Mm -hmm. And then later on, 
when people are like, oh, let's sleep with these, these angels. Let's, let's abuse them. Let's um, take advantage of them. Lot is like, no, don't do that. These are people that I, I invited into my home. Now that's good behavior. That's great behavior. You're protecting people who are coming in and you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And then in the same breath, he goes, how about you have my kids, my two daughters, have them and do with them what you will. I found this quite um, astounding. And I also found it just as astounding to realize a couple verses into it that these, his daughters are engaged to be married to men. And Lot goes looking for the men and is like, oh, save yourselves. This, this city is going to burn. Let me even dial back a little bit, honestly. When, when I look at this story and I look at how, at the, the possible realities of these girls, it's not written in the Bible, obviously. But we can, we can almost infer kind of what was happening and what was going on, right? You can suggest that Lot was not necessarily abusive towards these girls, but maybe neglectful of them. He wasn't a caring parent. He was one that was like, you follow my rules and my orders and you can do and whatever else happens, whoever has you. It doesn't matter. Like, I want to, I mean, I'll quickly dive into the, the story of, um, oh man, I don't even remember their names and I'm going to do this research later, but it's the story of um, Jacob and one of his daughters, right? And that's probably the only story we know of his daughter where she got raped and her two brothers killed the guy who raped her and everybody else in the town who was involved in that whole family. And we see them protecting her. No, no one talks about that story, by the way. No one knows about that. So, well, not that they don't know, but they don't pay attention to that story. And then, of course, what they did was a little insane and nobody should go out here doing the most, right? But we also have this story where it's like a dad, not even the brothers now, a dad is looking at his two girls and he just sees them as things to sell. So... How do we make sense of that in our modern age, especially when people read the Bible today and they're just like, why should we emulate? Why, why should we read further than this? This is horrible. This is horrifying. This is someone that God came to save. Why? Why did Abraham want him to be saved? It doesn't make any sense. Why? I think you said a key word there. You said, why should we emulate? We're not supposed to emulate these, these actions. We're mm. not. Like this is a no-no <laughs> like, in the simplest terms. Like when I was reading that part where what I found fascinating, again, that looking at it through a wisdom lens, what was it in verse 15, when the angels are coming and like the people, when the angels are already at the home and the people are like, we want the angels and he mm -hmm. offers up his daughters. But later the angels save Lot and his family, right? Mm -hmm. When I was reading that, I saw that God is going to test us. God is going to test all of us to see what we're going to do. And quite frankly, Lot failed the test mm. because if he would have protected his daughters, the angels, God is so powerful. The angels would have intervened either way. So as I'm mm. looking at this, I'm just hearing like the Holy spirit, just being like, I, and even in past experiences, when the Holy spirit is guiding me, it's clear. This is a test and God mm -hmm. will always come through. Mm. And God, failed it so we're not supposed to emulate these these ways but look at it and be like what tests am i facing in my own life and am i passing them yeah or quite frankly, am i failing them am i 
offering up an alternative my daughters mm. am i offering up like for example the verse that says gain the world but lose your soul mm. what profits a man to gain the world but lose his soul yes what are you gaining and what are you losing mm. you know like some people will be in situations that are intense like pressure mm-hmm. and they will choose something that is not of god because of a quick fix but you have mm. just lost just lost you know? god yeah. is intervene He's going to intervene either way. Before that person went scamming, God was going to give you the money that you needed in due time. Before somebody went out and stepped out on their marriage, if they just went to couples therapy, if they just worked hard for it, God was going to save the marriage. But people don't let God work. They work Mm -hmm. for God and they fill the Mm. test. And then I'll stop talking. But another thing that I noticed, Lot was trying to give up his daughters, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But when we go to verse 34, so in verse six, he's trying to give up his daughters. But in verse 34, what he intended to happen to his daughters happened to him. Whew, he man. was taking advantage of mm. it. What goes around comes around. And I think that is wisdom. That is wisdom. Mm. Do unto others as you want done unto you. So like when wow. we're looking at reading it from like a surface level lens, it's ah, we're misogynistic. It's, wow. It's wow. We have to dig deep. Mm. And look at it through a lens of wisdom. Because that's what the Bible is, a manual to help us live. Mm. Wow. I mean, I, I, I mean, when you say like, I didn't even think about it like that, honestly. You know, because it is exactly what he, he planned for his kids. The horror that he was planning for them that ended up happening to him. And he, his, I mean, so one of the things that I find interesting about this story, right, is that Jesus comes from this line of people. Ruth is from the line of the Moabites, who one of the first daughter, she gives birth to Moab and then Moab is the Moabite. So I find, I think it's, I think it's really, really interesting that this is a story of what goes around comes around and it comes around even harsher than whatever you originally intended. I'm just curious. So if this was, you know, of course this isn't you and you have a great relationship with your father, right? But you have a father who is willing to sell you out. How would you feel about that? There was these two girls. This doubt that their response was to also disrespect and also abuse their dad because he 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 abused them and disrespected them. So what exactly would your response be in that time and in this one, right? Because we tend to remove ourselves from that time. How do you think your your modern day response would be in that type of situation? Whether it's olden day times or modern day times, hurt is hurt, you know, Mm. trauma is trauma, pain is pain. If my father did that to me, I, or tried to, you know, get people to take advantage of me, I would be severely hurt and severely upset. But at the end of the day, I would know that the father is in heaven. Like I would know the God that I have and it would be so painful, but I would just understand that 
what's going on in his head, <laughs> his heart ain't none of my business. Mm. All I can do is put out good positivity and good karma into the mm-hmm. world so that I can receive it or my children can receive it yeah. and take the lessons from that. Like how my father treated me, I won't treat my children. Yeah. It's unfortunate that I had to go through it, but I can't change the past, which also in this story, Lot's wife turns around and turns into salt. And I think when I was reading that, it's the Holy Spirit saying, if the past is in the past, like, why are you going back into the past? Mm. I wouldn't, I'll be hurt, but I'll take the lesson. And in verse 34, the daughters talked about getting pregnant so that they can carry on the line. Mm-hmm. I would, as hard as it would be, kind of like Sarah, keep faith that God will send me a child or send someone there has to be god is so powerful what can he do there has to be another way than losing my respect for myself even though i don't respect my father at this point there has to be another way there has mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. i cannot sell my soul yeah <laughs> for a momentary pleasure so it would be mm-hmm. the toughest thing of my entire life quite frankly but i would try so i would go under a tree and cry for months before i sell my soul essentially like Mm -hmm. but it would be so painful how do you think these girls felt about their father like we we talk about the pain but do you think they hated him probably if we're speaking in terms of like cultural contexts um outside of like not looking at it as an allegory if we're looking at it in terms of like cultural contexts fathers didn't care about their daughters (laughs) at this time (laughs) they didn't care um women's voices weren't heard so you mm. could say, dad, don't do this to me. And they don't care. Mm. Like in their father's eyes, they were worthless, you know, or unless it's money coming at them. When we look at even Jacob having to work to earn his wife, Rachel, it's like, as a daughter, you're, 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 you're just disposable. Mm. You know, like you're not. I mean, would you, would you say that that's a disposable daughter, especially if he has to work so hard, right? We can see it as someone who is disposable, but we can also see it as someone who is treasured. Like, not just any man. Like, who, who on God? Look at the men of today, all right? Which of them are like, I'm going to sit and wait for seven years. I'm going to work in a farm with pigs, horses, and goats smell like booty all day and then be like oh yeah no like this is the girl i really want you know i mean i love the men of our generation today god bless y'all amen hallelujah but i'm just saying who does that if not someone who treats his children like something to be treasured right well jacob's uncle was laban right and we look at the guy and he was kind of foxy. He was dirty to Jacob only because Jacob was possible was dirty to other people. It was a, it was a, what goes around comes around situation. Again, we can infer, we can suggest, we can, um, think that the way that Laban technically, technically held his daughters to a high standard because he didn't let just anybody marry them. Even though what he did to Jacob was heavily unfair with how he gave Leah up first before giving Rachel up. You're right, because he gave Leah up first out of mm-hmm. protection for her as well, because she's mm-hmm. like the eldest daughter. Yes, yes. Like, second daughter gets married before the eldest mm-hmm. daughter. Social shame. Mm-hmm. So, okay, 
I can definitely see that. So that maybe was not the best example to use, but like... So I know it's not that it wasn't even the best example to use. I think it's just in the way, which is why one of the reasons I started doing this podcast is to kind of open our eyes a little bit more on what exactly misogyny is and how it is and isn't in the Bible. Because we tend to think it is a thing, but there actually was a lot of respect for women because they did have voices in that time. We just don't see it that way because of how today's standards are, right? I mean, women are allowed to go out and say whatever they want and there are no repercussions for that. Like, you just talk. Peace induces to you. Like, go out and you say whatever. That, that's exactly, that's like, that's raw freedom right there. And I'm not saying that that's exactly what these women had, but they had something slightly a little, they had a little bit of that. There are other women who are like, you can say that their stories are like that. There's a, there's a story of a family of women. I forget the name of the family, but they, they needed, they didn't have husbands. They didn't have anything. And they were like, okay, this land is due to us. There are no, we don't have brothers. We don't have a father. Our father is dead. And so Moses had to come in and say, okay, these women should be given what they're due because the land shouldn't just go to anybody. It can belong to these women. These women had to have the audacity at the time, in Moses' time, to go out and say, this is something that belongs to us. We're not men, but this is something that should belong to us because it's in our family line. As you're talking, you know, we're talking about the women, right? Mm -hmm. Lot's daughters, um, Jacob's daughters, and these women that Moses um, helped. These three stories can be speaking to three different women at the mm -hmm. same time. Like they're reading the Bible in like I just love the Bible so much because yeah. I hate when people talk talk about the Bible as if it's just, you know, a book. Like it's mm -hmm. oh like when you said earlier in the podcast, like is it just misogynistic? There's so many layers to it. And so many is the flowers fall, but the word of God will stand forever. And this mm -hmm. word this book is speaking to so many different people at the same exact yeah. time. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we can talk about daughters all day, honestly. I mean, well, I mean, one of the first stories we talked That's about it. was Ruth. And Ruth, in who she was to the core, she was a daughter to Naomi. And because she was a daughter to Naomi, she could listen to what Naomi was saying to her. Those two women had the audacity of people today. Nobody can say to another woman, hey, go lay at that man's feet. We, we all don't need to go into what that actually means, right? <laughs> We're going to a man's feet, right? And she's, that's what she's saying. If we say that today, we know what we're talking about. Them saying it in that time is extremely audacious. In the same way women today are abused, it's, it's very different from back then, true. But it, there are abuses to women today. It's the same way it was then, maybe more so. But there, were, there was also a lot of room for women to show their strength. And I'm going to be talking about that in the next episode, and I'm very excited about that. But I think today is one I really did want to focus on, and I've been having fun even like delving into these other women, right? But I really did want to focus on even a little bit of the power of... Um, of Lot's daughters, because in my opinion, right, it's my, I think that these women possibly, aside from not being raised right, aside from being neglected, aside from being maltreated by their father, they also were, were creatures of their environment, right? 
in Sodom and Gomorrah, it was a city that was about to be destroyed by God because of the sin that was there. The reason I believe that they decided to sleep with their father is because they possibly were seeing that that's what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they're like, this is something that's normal. We have no other choice. There's no other man here. He has brought us to this cave. What else has he brought us to this cave for? Except if he wants us to sleep with him. We had husbands or at least soon to be husbands. And they perished in fire and ash and smoke. So what else do we have? Right? So I, I look at these women, not necessarily as good women. I don't think that's what they were. But I do see them as they recognized their power because Lot could have woke up the next day or two weeks later. We don't know what happened. He sees that they're pregnant. The next question should be, how did this happen? Which I also have a question. If Lot, when I, verse 34, right? They drink, the, he, they got him to drink wine. Mm-hmm. But by the time they rose, wouldn't he be awake? Yes. This man had to have known. but another perspective on lot's daughters kind of like what you were saying just a little bit different like when they were talking about uh preserving their bloodline Mm -hmm. that that can also be like a sacrifice that Mm. they made yeah like oh my god i have to lay with not only father my father but my abuser Mm. Um, this man who hates me and it's like in a weird way not a good thing but a sacrifice for their family Mm. like you said that's the line that ruth comes out of jesus comes out of the enemy meant for evil god uses yes yes crazy yes isn't that our lives it is it is it really is our lives because everything that is meant to that is a product of evil behavior will be used to bring God glory at the end of the day. I'm so glad that that's genuinely the, 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 the conclusion we're coming to with this podcast because Lot eventually woke up. Lot saw these women pregnant. So he could have had one of two thoughts, right? The first one, which is these women slept with me when I was wasted. He probably was like, there's no way they would do that. His second thought would have been because before they got to the cave, they went to a village that Lot suggested they go to. Because when the angels were saying, oh, flee, Lot was like, let's go to this tiny village outside of Sodom and Gomorrah. He went there. They stayed there. He probably thought they slept with one of the men there. And he did nothing about it. How do you know that your daughters are doing something like that in that time? And you don't take necessary measures to make sure that they are taken care of. Because he just took them out and he sees that they're pregnant with kids. So what what now? Normally, at least back in that time, it should have been like, okay, who did this to you? You married the person. That's even what happened with, um, with Jacob's daughter's rapist. Now, that's a whole separate story that we should get into. But we see that this is how... That, that's that, that's the structure that's the standard for that day so yeah no and, and i think that just goes to show more how lot does not care about these girls well-being mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. these my daughters may have been taken advantage of and well but we also don't know what happens after. yeah 
we don't we can only make inferences and we can only be like oh, okay this is a possibility right but i also think that the reason we can do this is so we can open our minds to the possibilities to the fact that the bible is not so black and white and god himself is not so black and white because everyone is like oh we've sinned hell no it's a little it's a lot more nuanced than that because if if that is the case there's a lot everybody except from jesus every single person that ever existed in the bible from abraham in fact from adam all the way to who was the last person that wrote in the bible paul i don't know but paul john one of those two they were all flawed people extremely flawed people they had their flaws they had their ways they had their ways of thinking they sinned they did one thing or the other but god uses what people mean for evil and he turns it into good he does that all the time so i guess my question to everyone who's listening is which side are you going to be on are you going to be the person that is doing the evil and God is like, well, I guess that's the, that's the, that's the coin you've chosen. And I will turn it into good regardless of whatever you do. Or are you going to be on God's side, sit and wait and ponder and just wait on him and be like, okay, how can you use me to produce good in this life? We could be, we could, we could be one of those two and we can wrestle with that. I mean, do you have any, like, finishing final thoughts, Stacey? No. I mean, all I can say, kind of like what I started off with, like, my first point while reading these two chapters is to anybody listening, just make sure, just know that wisdom protects you. Mm. Wisdom is a guide. It's There wouldn't be three books on wisdom if mm. weren't intended to use it you know in james chapter 1 verse 5 it talks about ask god for give for wisdom and he will give it generously you can avoid so much sorrow in life with just a little bit of wisdom and next time when you read the bible try to look at it through a wisdom lens and see what god is speaking to you and how god is protecting you whatever situation it is maybe that guy you're with god's protecting you from him maybe that job that you want it's not the one, you know, maybe that friendship is not it. Maybe that place that you're in, you just need a little bit more faith, whatever. Yeah. It may be, just have a little bit of wisdom. It's, it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. And when God shows you and leads you somewhere, don't make your own suggestions. He'll, he'll most likely adhere, but don't just let him guide you. When you let him guide you, He's a father to us. He's not like Lot at all. He will guide you in the best way possible. He's a father to each and every single one of us. And in being a father to us, he's not, he's not going to throw us to the wolves. He's not going to say, oh yeah, you know, I'm testing you here. You go drop you, leave you goodbye. No, that's not, he's, he's right there with us, even as we're going through the struggles of life. So I am so glad that we were able to do this episode. Thank you so much, Stacy, for joining me. And thank you all for listening to another episode of the Christian Enough podcast. My name is Ayatollah Fumi Monet, and I hope to see you all or hear you guys listen in next week. 